What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 25. Here with my guy, Bredson. How are you? Doing good. I'm doing very good. I just want to let everyone know that I, you, you see I'm wearing a French jersey, okay? <laughs> I'm not rooting for anyone in particular in this, year, this Nations League final. Uh, this is 98, right? This is 1998. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but, man, speaking of, uh, you know, 1998 was history for France. Um, mm -hmm. we, we've got some, a, a whole lot of things that, that <laughs> two, we got a whole lot of history that's coming exactly it's up and coming. Look so at you with our, yeah, <laughs> it's true. And I want to say that retro kit is so cool. I, I would cop that one. Okay. Oh, I yeah. would cop that one. That reminds me of Thierry and Zidane. Yes. So I like oh. that. Uh, so the first topic guys is the Copa trophy and the Ballon d'Or. So the Copper Trophy, like we have a good list of nominees, don't we, Bredson? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it, it's like the most deep that I've ever seen it. You look at this 10 and you're like, how, this is just bonkers in terms of how much talent is in this 10. You want me to list them? Mm -hmm. Okay, 2021 yeah, Copa Trophy nominees. You've got Mason Greenwood from Manchester United, Bukayo Saka from Arsenal, Pedri from Barcelona, Jeremy Doku from Rennes, Ryan Gravenberg from Ajax, Jamal Musiala from Bayern, Florian Wirtz from Bayer Leverkusen, Jude Bellingham from Dortmund, Gio Reyna from Dortmund, <laughs> and I saved the best for last for you, buddy. Nuno it's Mendes. the man himself, right? Yeah. Nunez. Like it's it's. First of all, I'm so glad that we started this project in a phase that saying that Nunez is going to be normalized with Alfonso Davis was bold at the time. <laughs> and now it's not bold. It's normal, guys. Okay. So, but I'd like to start this Copa Trophy talk with, with who I think is going to win. And yeah. I think Pedri is a winner with this yeah. one. It's for two reasons. The amount of games he played and the fact he was the best under 21 player in the Euros. Okay, just the fact that he was awarded that automatically he wins the Golden Boy this year, in my opinion, and in an extraordinary, extraordinary fashion at 18 leading Barcelona. Okay, so I don't think he'll be the best player out of this t these 10 at uh, long term. I feel like some of these we're going to mention forward uh, that I feel like is going to be better long term players. But Pedri right now, he had that season to be the Golden Boy. So 2018. Mbappe became the Golden Boy winner. 2019, the leaked. And 2021, I feel like Pedri's going to win it. Yeah, so. and I, I, I don't see any reason to um, even argue the fact. I mean, he became indispensable for a Barcelona midfield going through a very tough time. Uh, and actually, he had some time with Messi, too. Uh, soaked up as much as he could. And, yeah. uh, and then he became completely indispensable uh, for a, a very upstart Spanish team. And so mm -hmm. I don't see, you know, everyone else here is phenomenal. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. we've talked in the past about 18, the 18 year olds in this bunch. Uh, sure. But I, I just can't see my way past uh, Pedri here. And I'll tell you what, I don't, I kind of disagree about him potentially not having, you know, the highest ceiling or him maybe not being the best here. If you get, just imagine this, if you get Xavi, if you get Xavi as yep. the next Barcelona boss, right? And mm -hmm. he takes he takes Pedri under his wings. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that. I'm that thinking more. Ceiling up he here. takes Gavi. 
Oh, and, he takes Gavi. And Gavi too. He takes Gavi under his wing after that Italian game. He takes Gavi. Yeah. So Pedri, Gavi, Chavi, it all rhymes. It's so beautiful. <laughs> so well, it's. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, but but just consider the the, the depth here that we're talking yeah. about because I'd like to I'd like to say I'd be absolutely pissed if Pedri didn't win. We all know he likely through his body of work deserves to win this, and he's already won mm-hmm. the Golden Boy. Um, but just look at these names. I mean, if Jude Bellingham won this, I would not be angry at all. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and if uh, Jamal Musiala and Florian Wirtz, either one of them won this. I also, okay, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit angry about the Musiala, but Florian Wirtz has done some amazing things in leadership for Leverkusen, won the U21 Euros with Germany. Yep. Obviously not the same as winning the Euros uh, or no. getting close to winning the Euros. But what it comes down to here is, I don't know if this, we'd have to do a whole lot of forensics to see if this is the deepest, uh, you know, 10, uh, mm-hmm. what is this? Is Copa U21? Yeah, U21. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but it's a uh, it's 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 a pretty tough. steep list of. T- I would want to say this about the Copa the Copa Trophy. Forty mm-hmm. percent of these wonder kids come from the Bundesliga. Okay, mm-hmm. that for me speaks level uh, levels about the quality of development in that league. It's not sure. just Dortmund now. Okay, Bayern Munich is developing Musiala and Leverkusen is developing Wirtz, just yeah. like they develop Kai Havertz. Okay, mm-hmm. so. I, they, I think the Bundesliga itself deserves a special shout out. And of course, I'm okay, I, I, I said it. Dortmund has two players in this list. Yes. Gio Reyna and Jude Bellingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, feel, like, I feel like Jude Bellingham is the player that's going to be the, the top, top, top tier player in the list, like long term. Yeah. I feel like Jude Bellingham is going to be the best. Uh, next to Nunmensch because <laughs> Nunmensch is going to be the best left back in the world. Okay, I'm really hopeful on that too since day one yeah. so uh yeah this is i agree with you and in 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 five years time we look at this list and we say we got a, got a lot of quality ballers here yeah. and certified because now players are playing younger and they're sure. proving themselves at a younger age Pedri, 18 musiala 18 virts 18 all 18 you're right Bretson. this yeah. is a phenomenal day and age we live now it, it, it really is and and i gotta say if, if you're gonna go 40 percent is uh and, and this is easy math right 10 10 nominations four from the bundesliga uh three are from from england and um mm-hmm. man you look at that and you can't get pretty damn excited for england and that's bakaya saka jude bellingham um True. and wait who, who the heck am i missing i just oh the the top goal scorer out of the 10 <laughs> And that's Mason Greenwood, right? And, yeah. you know, we may have slandered him a little bit last week. Uh, oh, I know, I know, you know, I don't, I, I don't mean it as slander. Nobody does. But, you know, we may have critiqued him a little bit last week mm-hmm. in terms of our start bench cells. But, hey, England, phenomenal future. Um, it, it's just wonderful to see. And I'll tell you what, Gio Reyna being on there, okay, he's coming back mm-hmm. from injury right now. Uh, Nuno Mendes being on there for, for mm-hmm. you. Uh, I think somebody at France football might actually follow <laughs> FC Wonderkid. What do you think? I have to, you never know. You never know. You never know. But he's got good taste and he knows talent if, he, if that's the case. <laughs> so uh, I'd like to finish the Copa Trophy with, with the player, a player you mentioned, Saka. Yeah. Okay. I feel like in terms of talent, I put Greenwood ahead of Saka. But... Mm-hmm. The fact that Saka assumed the responsibility at Arsenal and is giving, he's proving himself 
at a weekly a weekly basis okay in a team not a top team right now arsenal is struggling itself sure. in my opinion yeah. and he is the iconic seven in that team okay so i would love to speak more about soccer and i know sometimes i i should i should speak more about soccer because he really is the top one of the top underrated underrated talents at the highest level in my yeah and what i love about it and it's a great shout because we i feel like we haven't said positive things about him in the last you know actually we haven't talked about him much in the last yeah. several weeks but um he's he's also the type of kid that you, you tell him he's going to play like right back today he's there mm -hmm. you tell him he's going to play exactly. i don't know goalkeeper he'll probably say okay i'll try my best like he's yeah. just that type of player that you know is is um i mean he is a massive massive this is obvious to say but just mm -hmm. a massive part of that Arsenal rebuild, and I, uh, oh yeah, I, I, oh, yeah. I just, I love, I love the kid. I think it, I think it's great, and it's a talent. Deserves this for sure. Putting the seven like on on soccer is like it's not. I'm not going to say equivalent on the ten on Fati, but it's it's yeah. a big big responsibility, you know. So there you go. So with the Copa Trophy, I think we've handled it well. So. Ballon d'Or. Oh, and say, please comment down below who yeah. do you think is going to win the Copa Trophy, okay? So that, yeah. that'd be a huge help. Yeah. Uh, now, Ballon d'Or. Uh, I'll start Ballon d'Or just, just to end with the youth. Sure. Come on. Pedri's nominated for the Ballon d'Or 2 at 18. It's crazy. That is insane. Like, how? How is this kid being nominated for everything? So... I, I, think oh, when, I think when you play 150 <laughs> games or something in a season, you automatically get nominated for With quality. Yeah. Yes. And he plays them with quality at 18. So, like, deserves that deserves to be nominated too, I yeah, guess, yeah. right? Yeah, and, uh, you know, another young buck in there, Phil Foden, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we, so, we can save him for a little bit because I, I, got, one, I got one thing I got to clear up here, and I actually do mm -hmm. want to hear your opinion. And uh, we purposely didn't talk about this previous okay. to this. Um, but Ballon d'Or, mm -hmm. how is it only Robert Lewandowski from Bayern? Uh, okay, I get it. You know, they, yeah. they didn't, you know, Germany didn't do phenomenal. Well, Lewandowski's on Poland. So there you go. That kind mm -hmm. of defeats that whole thing. But he did score 40 plus goals. But yep. how, how is a, a Joshua Kimmich or a Thomas Mueller not nominated here? Preach, Bretton. It, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Preach. Preach. So it, Preach. It's, it's just for, for Kimmich, his, his, his fingerprints or his, his footprints, whatever the hell you want to call it, is on everything, mm -hmm. whether it's German or it's Bayern. It, it, he is just the quintessential like Swiss Army knife. Anywhere Preach. you go, he's a leader, and he's the kid's 26, 25. I, I agree think. with I you. Just... I agree with you. You're with that Kimmich, and I'm going to say Kimmich, and Kiesa should be nominated. Okay. Come on! Kiesa's yeah. not nominated. And we were talking, like, I was saying, like, before the pod, you're putting Sterling ahead of Kiesa this season. I ain't putting that. I ain't having that. I feel like Kiesa should be nominated ahead of Sterling in that list, okay? And Kimmich, you're right on the money. That is a mandatory vote. That is a mandatory vote. It is. And, and I know, you know, winning from a Sterling perspective, I guess winning the Premier League obviously is, you know, kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I get it. He got benched by Foden and some other things. But he also did score three goals. Sterling did score three goals in Euro 2020. Had a mm -hmm. pretty good assist at one point. I know he didn't play up to some people's standards there either. Mm -hmm. um, but but ultimately, okay, he was great for club, great for country. The Chiesa absence, phenomenal for Italy. 
I, I, phenomenal from Juventus, but Juventus oh. just wasn't, I guess, up to snuff, right? With with it yeah. uh, from a team perspective. But I got to tell you, um, I am so so happy, and and I get it. It's this is more so kind of ceremonial, symbolic. Mm-hmm. But the nomination of Simone Kier, I, I just I, I, knew, I love it. I knew, I, that, that, it oh, of course, that, it, that, it warms that, my that heart. Is. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, just, it warms my heart. But friend, let's be honest. I mean, no, he was he was absolutely vital, right? That's true. Not, you know, in more ways than one for Denmark. Um, and they ended up making it to the semifinals. Oh, it was a That's very true. very you know easy, not easy to get out of the groups, but pretty damn easy to get out of the groups. Um, mm-hmm. But he just his his leadership obviously what he did amidst the whole christian erickson um that scariest moment for them um mm-hmm. it just it it warms my heart to see him nominated and he's also a hell of a footballer too <laughs> oh he is so. he is he is and but it's you said it was easy but i think the fact that erickson gets injured at the start and they managed to make even a better tournament i think this is yeah. not too bold like if erickson was there i don't know if mentally it would be such a strong team, okay? Yeah. I feel like that really uh, had a, had an effect on how they played. Yeah. And, like, I feel that when that happened, people were already putting them, oh, no, they're going to lose. They're not going to go through. So sure. they, they were underdogs, and there was a comeback story right there. Yeah, it was a so, fight-or-flight instinct, and they they stepped up. And guess what? Guess what? I'm, I'm going to throw out a whole lot of Danish propaganda right now, Okay. Have you looked at the standings in World Cup qualifying for Denmark? Mm, no. Without Ericsson? Okay. Mm. Seven wins, zero losses. I think it's 26 goals scored, zero conceded. They're very good at, in, uh, at home. That's what that's the that's the that's what I have to remember about the, yeah. the Danish. Like the that that pay, playing at home, they're they're not an easy team to beat. So, but going back to the Ballon d'Or talk, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I saw something in the news, okay, and I want to mention it because we're, Neymar is nominated, right? Yeah. For the Ballon d'Or, of course. Like, yeah. so did you see the news that Neymar said that he is going to retire? This is going to be his last World Cup. He's going to not have any more World Cups at the age of thirty. Okay, that man is competing with the legacy of Ronaldinho. That's done. That's yeah. done. If you don't go to one more, at least. Like, is he gonna re- is Christian Ronald gonna retire like after Neymar? Yeah, this sounds like a messy retirement. Like this, <laughs> this is pretty. I no, I feel that scary, Bretton. Honestly, yeah. at at thirty, saying no more. Like to be honest, if you look at the shape of Neymar, like he's he's in good shape, but he's not in elite like Lewandowski, Ronaldo, even Messi is in better shape in my opinion okay. than Neymar. We so maybe he's considering. Him. Maybe he's considering considering that at the work rate of modern modern football, Neymar won't be the elite, elite player at 32, 33. That's interesting. Won't be, I when I say elite, that. top ten. Yeah. Yo, like this is this. I I ah. wanted to mention this because that was that was pretty. Because I wanted it to say Ballon d'Or Neymar un dia. I wanted to say that, okay? And seeing this guy saying that he won't play any more World Cups, that put me sad. I'll be honest. So. Yeah, I don't blame you. It'd be, it'd be a sad day for all of us because he's absolutely wonderful to watch, regardless yeah. of you know who you support. Uh, it just, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. But uh, to transition away from that 
uh, well, not mm-hmm. really. We don't need to transition away from that because what Messi came out, even though Messi might still be likely is understandably the odds on favorite to win the Ballon d'Or. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, he came out and, and who did he he say that should be? Uh... He said uh, Mbappe, Lewandowski and Neymar. Yeah. Not even Ronaldo there. And I wanted to say this. I had this thought during the week. Uh-huh. If Ronald was at PSG right now, he'd have more than five goals. Eh, he'd have more than five goals. I guarantee you that. Okay? And if he didn't have those five goals, people would be saying, Ronald doesn't play in Ligue 1, Omar doesn't score goals. No, 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 no. Come on. Yeah. Okay? Well. This is a thought that I had. Okay? This is a quick thought that I had during the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you're talking about, you know, um, salty. Towards towards Ronaldo, I, I gotta tell you, um, I saw only, and, and I understand why, but I saw only one goalkeeper on there, mm-hmm. right on that li- on that short list, and yes. we understand why, right? He absolutely heroic for for Italy and and winning the uh, the Euro title, um, yep. but don't you think Jan Oblak should have been nominated? Yep, yeah, I, I mean, agree with you. I mean, I agree with you. Twenty five goals conceded in thirty eight La Liga games last year, eighteen clean sheets. The guy probably, I don't know the actual metrics on it, but he probably uh, saves more goals. You know, I, I don't know what, the, what is the dang metric where it's like, he's a plus 13, right? He's, oh, no. yeah, he's yeah, 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 absolutely yeah. just a, a, an amazing one-on-one shot stopper. Uh, he's so consistent. I think this is that like lesser known country issue, mm-hmm. right? Um, yes. He's never going to really play in the Euro 2020, nor are they ever going to have uh, or the, a Euro, uh, nor are they ever going to have a team that competes for it. So if you're taking kind of two sides of the coin, nation and club, mm-hmm. Oblak has been consistently one of the best goalkeepers, if not the best goalkeeper in the world Preach. Uh, for a long period of time. And that he won the flipping La Liga title last season. Yeah, I mean, that's it. And if Oblak played at Real Madrid, everybody was, would, would be mentioning Oblak saying, Oh, He's got more games than goals suffered. Oh, block. He's like uh, an alien. Like, yeah. oh, block. I agree with you. Like, yeah. and, and it's not unreal. Taking, it's not taking anything away from Donnarumma. I mean, let's be no, honest. No, no. Um, no, no, no. But, but I would imagine Donnarumma obviously isn't going to win the Ballon d'Or, but he's probably going to win the Yashin Trophy, which is the, the goalkeeper of the year, right? Mm-hmm. You would think if he's nominated for Ballon d'Or and he doesn't win that, it's a little weird. Um, oh, he will. He but will. Jan Oblak, man, I mean, come on. I but no, I, I wouldn't take Donnarumma though off the list. So no. Uh, okay, so no, I no. wouldn't take Donnarumma to like like I wouldn't. I personally I wouldn't. So but no, I, I, I would like to. Like, I take Phil Foden the... off the list. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> well, that that should be mentioned too. Foden and Mount. Mm-hmm. The truth is, they were both leading Man City and Chelsea respectively. Mm-hmm. And I love I love the fact that they're here in this list because they were the catalyst for those teams going to the Champions League final. So Mason Mount and Foden deserve respect for that. And Mount is a special, special player, okay? Like, in, in terms of things... We, I, I don't want to go too ahead because in the start bench, so we're going we're gonna to right, talk right, about right. Mount. Sure. So, but I would like to finish the Ballon d'Or talk on my end with Mo Salah and Benzema. Mm-hmm. Those two are there, and I'd like to say currently they're... They're the top three talk in form, okay, of, of, of right now in performances. Yeah. Benzema looks unstoppable. And mind me to say that the Benzema-Mbappé link-up, if they were playing this season, maybe Real Madrid would have a Champions League. 
Okay? But how ridiculous it would be. Because I, I feel like Mbappé mentally... No, I don't feel... He said it to Fabricio. Mentally, like... Not to Fabricio. Fabricio posted that, like... Mbappé was going to Real Madrid. And he wanted PSG to be compensated financially to replace him. Mm. He said that. So... With all this, like... I feel like the link-up next season, Benzema, Mbappé is going to put Mbappé in a top three scenario in the world. And yeah, possibly he'll win the Ballon d'Or afterwards. Yeah, and it's funny that Mbappé says that, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. let's let's be honest, uh, PSG thinks about it a different way. They, mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. I, I get it. Yeah. It's a lot of money, but PSG would rather have the damn Champions League final, right? They'd rather yeah. have the title. Um, and then let Mbappe go for free because we all know what that means, right? Uh, so I, uh, it, it is, it is a little bit interesting that uh, Jeez, you, for PSG, it must be annoying that like the coach that you let go, Tuchel, wins the Champions League, and it's not with you, yeah. and in like the same season, yeah, like that must be so annoying for the PSG management, <laughs> yeah. okay? Like that, that <laughs> they must be thinking this nonstop, honestly. And Poch won't win it, I think, too. So that's a whole other conversation. So comment yeah. down below, guys. Who do you think is going to win the Ballon d'Or, okay? Like well, the video. And, yeah, subscribe if you can. I have to mention this, okay? I got to I gotta improve on these skills. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on. It, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely vital to the growth of this channel. So please, please exactly. do. But, so, but I got to ask you before we move on. Mm. I do. Has your thinking changed on, on who you expect to win Ballon d'Or? No, Lewandowski. Lewandowski oh. should win it because, like, the year prior, he should have won it. And this year, he he should win it too. So, right, well, like, I it's think... Lewandowski. No, 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 no. I don't pass off your mess. Nah. Okay. All right, man. Well, you better prepare yourself for Messi to win it because. Oh, man. You think the Cup of America is going to over. Oh, Lewandowski, like, oh, it puts me so. Nah, uh, I, I mean, I get Lewandowski. Hey. You can't, you can't carry Poland uh, to, to anywhere. And it, it, again, that's another type of a thing where I think it's the smaller nation type of scenario when you're looking at those two things. He obviously overcompensated for that by scoring yeah. boatloads of goals. Um, but Messi wasn't too, too far behind um, and pretty much did everything and pulled every string for Barcelona that he could. Uh, and oh, by the way, he ended a drought. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting, right. but I would not be yeah. angry if Lewandowski finally got his Ballon d'Or. Not be angry. Uh, ended, ended a drought. Like, I'll be honest, Breton, if he finished his career, Messi, and didn't win anything with Argentina, that'd be more embarrassing. Yeah, sure. Okay, than ending the drought. If he won a Copa America. Okay, I mean, good. Ronald won the Euro. Good. Well, like, yeah. that's how I see things. Like, and for me, the Euro is more difficult. Okay, and and it's not even a debate there too. So, like, there you go. We could go with the Ronaldo Messi debate. Like that is a that is a live itself and a podcast itself and its yeah. own. So, uh, yeah. Next topic. Let's move on. Well, you know, we do have to before we move on. CR seven man, <laughs> didn't he just become the uh, what all time leading cap winner uh, for yeah. European footballers? I think. And he won the Premier League Player of the Month. Uh, okay? He okay. won it. Yeah, I don't no, see that's... Messi winning the league on Player of the Month. Okay. First, he's got to play more than one game. Right? Uh, First, he got to score in league. But I got to say, I, I actually had never, I had never even seen on paper. I had never seen on paper how many goals, um, or looked it up for some reason, how many goals Ronaldo scored for Portugal. But 
I think it's 180, oh. 181 caps, 112 goals. Um, yeah. So that's pretty, pretty damn impressive. And I think on uh, one other point that I have to get across here, um, Mm -hmm. he has over the last 10 years, he has not gone a year without winning a trophy. Do you think that that is threatened this year? Yep. Yep. That is threatened with Oli. That is threatened with Oli. And Ronald must be going bonkers with that. Yeah. He must be going bonkers with that. You're mentioning the stat that he's sleeping on and not winning a trophy. <laughs> that is true. Like, he must be going bonkers. Like, yeah. that's his vice. Not winning trophies, he goes bonkers. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what I know about him. Like, it's... There you go. So, the next topic... <laughs> it's a big one, okay? Like, we're, I'm having a normal week, like, seeing the European games, and what happens? Yeah. What happens? Newcastle becomes the world's most richest club in the world. Okay, and it's no cap. This is no cap. Like Newcastle fans, they know they like the owner that bought Newcastle has more money than all the Prem owners combined, and it's not even close. No, (laughs) it's not even close. It's it's almost almost, uh, sickening in a in a good or a bad way, whichever way whichever way you want to think about it, but. We're talking in a football way, like it's for the football stands. Like Newcastle are gonna look elite. Like I'll just, I just wanted to start here saying, she, uh, like you know, the the new director of Newcastle comes saying that every aspect of the club is going to improve. Okay, every aspect. The academy is gonna get 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 a load of money. I'm sure the stadium is gonna get a load of money. The events around the state, everything is going to improve with this. Because the truth is, in the corporate world that we live in, okay, a person with 320 billion pounds, I don't even know how much money that guy has, but more than 300 billion pounds, okay, this guy is going to change Newcastle, the city, everything, okay? And the first thing is in January, I'm going to go bold. A big, big, big signing is coming to Newcastle. It's got to happen, in my opinion, okay? Uh, because it's, it's, it's don't, I, I know you're going to, maybe you're going to talk about the key PR. We can't, we can't compare, okay? Yeah. We can't compare because this is one of the richest men in the world, okay? Yeah. This, and the truth is, his image is on the line with this, okay? And he doesn't want to be the bad owner of a club and not succeeding. He wants to be linked with success. Yeah. that's for sure that's for sure i mean i obviously don't think that people get into this lightly although Mm -hmm. let's be honest when you spend 300 million pounds on newcastle i'm sure his expectation is in five years time it's going to be worth 600 million pounds but like you mentioned Mm -hmm. that's like a drop in the bucket for somebody that is worth or or a fund that is as Uh large as that particular fund is but i i just have to say before we even enter into say potential transfers and, and mm-hmm. fun stuff like that. I am happy most uh, of all. And, and, and this is with a grain of salt because there are issues that we could talk about for a really long period of time in terms of why some Premier League owners are up in arms about this, uh, whatever, right? Yeah. But, but I'm really happy for a new lease on life or a new lease on footballing life. Like Newcastle lives for this team, right? New, yeah. Newcastle upon time lives for this team. Um, mm-hmm. And it is just very nice to see them 
um, get a chance to, to step into to this type of a stage. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you got all this money. It depends on what you throw it at. And it encourages me that he came out or she came out, uh, the director mm-hmm. came out and mentioned that all investments, you know, to, to the whole club uh, is going to be pertinent, right? It's not just mm-hmm. dropping 190 million on yeah. some whatever, Moro Accardi or somebody like that. But if, uh, you know, upgrade that stadium, supercharge mm-hmm. the academy, um, get back names or build names like yes. Alan Shearer, like Paul Gascoigne, yes. like Les Ferdinand, Andy Cole, who came through there. I know they didn't build all of them, but they gave them all outlets to be superstars mm-hmm. and see what happens. See what happens because it was only 20 years ago, maybe longer than that. 20 years, 94. Yeah. Less than 20 years. No, almost 30 years. God, I'm old. Um, it was uh, only a while back that they were one of the top teams in the UK. Yeah. Okay. It's true. It I remember when I was a kid, like yeah. seeing like the FIFA 08, FIFA 07 budget that Newcastle had. It's, they had a, one of the, one of the biggest budgets in the, in England at the time. Yeah, and I even grew up when in they Alan. got relegated, mm-hmm. like they were like really good team to get players because they had the budget and they were relegated. Yeah. So I have good memories with that club, but yeah. now. This is the situation on steroids, okay? Because we have never seen this happen in football. We have never seen this happen on, in football. And I'll be honest, Breton, the people that are coming to this club, okay, from the manager to the players, I feel like it's going to be the city, the, the city, I'm, I'm sounding Brazilian even when I say it, yeah. the city situation on uh-huh. steroids. They got David Silva. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna come with the signings. <laughs> so they got a David Silva, okay, City at the time, which it was a player at the Valencia that had he was one step ahead of mm-hmm. becoming a really good world class player, just like Aguero, another one. So I feel like they have to highlight the one step ahead players to, to have to scout. And if I were Newcastle, I would get Chuameni. Okay, Chuameni for me is a player that would accept. Uh, a good project, okay? A project that long-term is will be very successful, okay? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's the perfect player to come to the Prem. And he's one step ahead to become world-class, okay, in my opinion. So, Chua many. But I, most I, importantly, if they're signing all these players, yeah. they got to get the coach, okay? So, I did see some news about Conte mm-hmm. going to Newcastle. And if Antonio Conte... Goes to Newcastle, boy oh boy! In two years' time, Newcastle is ahead of Tottenham. Yeah, here's, okay? here's what I can't this is... about that. No, can you see him coaching in the north in the north of England? Right? Yeah, I can, I can. I can. I mean, I can see him. Twenty million a year. I can see him coaching in the. Well, north that, of, that's uh, true. If you're throwing twenty million a year at him, yeah. But uh, who knows? I, I absolutely, I have that down as that's the person you got to go for. I know Newcastle mm-hmm. papers have have mildly confirmed the fact that he is interested, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I, I do like your Aurelian um, Shuamani shout out because he's somebody you could build a midfield around. I yep. do believe that Miguel Almiron should be a part of the Newcastle 11 moving forward. And to That's... see a Shuamani Almiron moving forward together would be cool until they, you know, continue to build around. But um, mm-hmm. here's another one for you. Here's an interesting one. Tell me. You need a goalkeeper, right? I mean, they have serviceable goalkeepers. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Like Mark, Martin Dubrovka, when he's when he's not injured, um, he's, yeah. he's mildly inconsistent, but he's he's pretty good. Uh, 
And that's not even, I think, who is... It's uh, replaceable, you know? Yeah. That's the... For a world-class team. But, but you want a, who's you the want a big name. You're, you're probably thinking of this, too. You go out and you get mm. Kaylor Navas. That is a very good, very good pick for uh, Newcastle. I just don't very, see any reason very not to. good pick. That's a, I like that pick. Newcastle, that's a perfect pick to get Kaylor Navas for that goalkeeping position. Yeah. Right on the yeah. money. I like that one. I, I like that one. He offers experience to the defense. He offers consistency and world-classing ability at goalkeeper. And an affordable, well, like, at affordable rate. Like, yeah. you want money more at salary. So, I like that. I just, I, I mean, like it, the fact that he's sitting on the bench at PSG is a travesty. Um, get him to a proper club where he can spend the rest of his career being a star of his own show. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he just, from a footballing perspective, we've all seen enough of Kaylor Navas to know that he, he deserves a whole lot more. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and frankly, okay. If you can't get Navas, you have the international, all those roster rules around it. You have Brexit, all mm-hmm. that stuff you have to think about. If you can't get Navas, go out and get Dean Henderson. Mm, that would cost them though. Oh, that would. would cost them. That would, would cost them though. Especially since Ars- Arsenal drove up the price for yeah. for the English that, goalkeeping market. But if you need a goalkeeper that's English uh, that needs to be starting day in day out, that's Dean Henderson. That would cost them. I I, I don't know about that one, but I I, I think the Kaylor Navas would be would be a good scenario. So yeah. I, I when you I, you spoke about Miguel Almiron, yeah. Joey Willock. These are two players that need to accept, like, we need to stay at this team, okay? Yeah. Because in three, four years' time, the salary of the <laughs> team player at Newcastle is going to be maybe double, yeah. okay? Just to be in that team. So Miguel Almiron and Joey Willock and every single player that has a chance to stay there, that's their mentality right now. And I'm sorry for Steve Bruce. Okay, because he's going to leave. There's no chance. There's no chance, Steve Roos. Steve Roos has no chance to stay at Newcastle. Okay, so I just wanted to mention three wingers, okay, that I feel like would be really good signings. So Alan sent Maxime on one side, and one of these three on the other, for me, would be a good thing to have at Newcastle. Anthony at Ajax would be 40 to 50 million. Okay, Mm -hmm. very good player and a solid investment for the future. Moussa Diaby. Bayer Leverkusen player, in my opinion, very overlooked. Newcastle could go ahead and sign him too. Yeah. And the other player that uh, I have here uh, is Luis Diaz of Porto. Okay. Luis Diaz of Porto is going to be his last season in, in, in Liga Bwin. So Newcastle would be a, a team that would pay the buck. Okay. So I like that too. And to finalize, not a winger. Why not get Donny Van de Beek? Yeah. He wants. I saw Everton considering uh donny van de beek so why not newcastle yeah i think conte would do magic with that guy so what what about i mean if you're if you're bringing in names like that from Mm -hmm. a winger perspective and and i think you and i are both in agreement yeah sam maximine needs to stay imagine him running riot right with proper support uh he's the second best dribbler in the premier league right now at this Mm -hmm. time and he's the second uh, second i think in big big chances created uh, whatever that means compared to key passes, I, I never know. But mm-hmm. what 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 do you think about this? What about it, uh, Conte bringing in a guy like if it's Conte, uh, Moro mm-hmm. Cardi? Okay, it's, I mentioned him earlier yeah. as a joke, and now I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, 
No, it's, it's not a joke because he, at PSG, yeah, he's work. limited. His time is limited at PSG. Yeah. He's not going to be the guy at PSG, in my opinion, okay? No. Like, PSG are for sure finding alternatives to the Mbappe leaving situation, okay? Yes. And Icardi is it the one that they're going to stay with. I, so, you, that would be... I don't think that would be good for Newcastle, personally. But there's history okay, there, but it'd no? be I don't, I don't, like, I don't, I don't think Icardi, I don't like him too much. I'll be honest too, Fair Batson. Enough. I feel like the work rate, and like the Icardi that I once saw when he was a, like a, a developing player in his early ages, more hungry, a better overall player in terms of work rate. That's what I judge him now. He doesn't have the same work rate, in just, my opinion. Yeah, well, I think I think PSG has softened him, and um, and and yeah. not playing every day has softened him because uh, it's also affected his Argentinian career, right? Or but Argentine. imagine this, Breton. Imagine yeah. this. Like, what if we normalize the fact that if 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 in two years' time, let's say this this season happens, next mm -hmm. season happens, and the 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 third, what if Newcastle go in for a Harry Kane? Alan Shearer is an iconic legend, English striker legend, okay? Yep. Why wouldn't they go for Harry Kane afterwards? Me, in terms of marketing, this would be the perfect signing for the ownership. Yeah. Okay? People would say, these guys are legit. They're getting Harry Kane. People would see Newcastle straight away ahead of Tottenham. <laughs> if that happened, you know? So... I don't know. I'm just putting it out there because maybe in two, three years, I'm we're looking back at this and say, "Look, I said it." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't even really think about that, but that could very well be a thing. Um, Alan Shearer is arguably not not even arguably he is the most famous player to mm -hmm. to ever play for the Magpies. So um, that's that's an interesting shout. Uh, but until then, I think Akari is actually pretty good. If you can get yeah. You can get inter inter form out of him over time, and it would take it. I think he had 110 goals in like 180 games for Inter. So true. Um, true. And what if like they sign a free player like Rudiger or even a Pogba? This is bold. This yeah. is very bold. Now we're playing straight Newcastle, football manager, man. We are like Raiola. Raiola will be loving having meetings with Newcastle this <laughs> the, the, at the next season. They'll he's be running, like, he's well, running out Newcastle. of uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> He's what club? What 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 players would you want Newcastle? Like offering yeah. the whole list. Yeah, that's well, what I think he'll do. Honestly. I'm sure he's got another roster of ear divisi uh, talents to throw out there. Oh, um, oh, even but, putting Iaterin would be good at Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, I had one other name that that just kind of jumped out at me because he's been playing a little bit, I guess, mm -hmm. as of late. One of the biggest mistakes that Barcelona's ever made, right? Barcelona needs cash, correct? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, they also need to shed wage bill. Would it make sense in any capacity? Because it would be kind of an investment to bring in somebody like Philippe uh, Coutinho. Philippe Coutinho. Ooh, Coutinho. It, it does make sense because they won't mind the salaries. Okay. That's Coutinho true. would be a good signing in my opinion. And he, he has something to redeem himself. He has a story, a redemption, redemption story. Yeah. Okay. Everyone is judging Coutinho not wrongly. The truth is he he's slacking. Okay, <laughs> he's slacking at Barcelona. I can't defend him. So I would love to see him redeeming redeeming himself at Newcastle. That that would be a very good scenario. So any players, guys, that you feel should go that would be good for Newcastle, put in the comment section down below. We will gladly answer 
And yeah, like and subscribe to the video. That'd be a huge help too. Yeah. So I do have to throw one other thing out there because we're forgetting that Newcastle did make the top signing of all signings already previous to this Mm. whole takeover being announced. Do you know where I'm going Mm. with this? Joey Willow. (laughs) No, no, this is, this is more of a tongue in cheek thing. They actually signed a 19 year old named Santiago Munoz. Munoz. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. Do you remember that? That is the best signing I mean, that had me hook, line, and sinker. I, I became a Newcastle fan right away, even though he's playing for the reserves. Um, That's crazy. You know, he's actually, he's actually a uh, Mexican-American player, uh, just like Santi from Goal the Dream Begins. Um, and wouldn't that be amazing if you bring in all these stars at Newcastle True. and Santiago Munez makes his debut around them all. It's like taking goal <laughs> two and mashing it with goal one, and there you go. <laughs> You got your real life story. It's the it. real life football manager story, like scenario, like even yeah. the movies the owners replicated. Santi, like <laughs> there Love you it. go. So, uh, topic number three, we're gonna go with a um, a conservative topic, and it's the highlights. Okay, yeah. overall highlights, Wonder Kids highlight highlights in European football this week. So, I'd like to start here with a player that I see a PSG. Uh, should find interesting okay and that is alexander isaac okay yes. with a bangerino okay <laughs> a banger that a top top player only does okay that isaac showed and demonstrated for sweden okay yeah. i am surprised how is this man still in the same spot vlahovic and isaac is embarrassing how no one gets them yeah. okay even arsenal like uh, i wanted to highlight him in the european highlights because that goal yeah, future and, and I, I have a little stat in there because uh, I wanted to mention him as well. Um, mm. He's scoreless so far in La Liga, I think. Uh, I, mm. I'm pretty sure for Real Sociedad. But Real Sociedad has started strong again this year in La Liga. Um, but the last time, last year, he was scoreless in the first five games, even maybe six games for Real Sociedad, and then we all know what it ended, right? He ended up putting 17 in, I think, in La Liga. Um, so I think maybe that banger. Or what'd you call it? A bangerino? Mm-hmm. That's that's a new one. Uh, that was inspired. I don't know what I said. <laughs> that was inspired. Um, but I, I think some uh, Sociedad fans are probably looking at that and saying, all right, bring it back here. We're ready. Let's go. Because they started the season hot. If they can keep that going, this is the type of the year in La Liga where, okay, maybe Real Madrid. I don't know. But mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty close at the top. And uh, who knows? Maybe Sociedad can have a inspired year led by none other than Alexander Isak. There you go. That, that that could be that could be the case. Yeah. And the other player I really wanted to mention in the European highlights just to, mm-hmm. it's 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 Gavi, okay? Yeah. Gavi bossed that Italian midfield at 17. I was saying here Luis Enrique went so bold getting Gavi, mm-hmm. but oh my days, like like I shut up now. Like <laughs> Gavi he proved me wrong, okay? I was being silly. Gavi dominated that midfield. So I really wanted to mention this because we might have another world-class... No, we not might. We have another world-class talent at Barcelona. Okay. Youngest ever. Youngest ever in uh, oh. you know, an amazing football history to debut for them. I mean, he played well. He, he absolutely played well. Uh, it was a constant nuisance. He was all over the place. But come on, let's be honest. The real star of that show? Hmm. Ferran. Ferran Torres. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I also have to throw out another Real Sociedad star... Mikel, are, I'm going to screw this up. Oh, Yarzabal. Oh, Yarzabal. 
Oyarzabal. Oh, Oyarzabal. Yeah, there you go. Uh, him, right. Uh, no, I, he, he's, um, he looks like a Bond villain um, when, you, when you see him uh, mm-hmm. on camera, but, but the guy can ball. Uh, Oyarzabal can ball. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he's been, been fun to watch. A lot of people like to call him a pen, penalty merchant. And sure, he's, he's good at them. So he takes them for his club. And if he <laughs> happens to get a bunch. But he's been really pretty consistent for Real Sociedad over the last mm-hmm. few years. And um, no, it's and great. He does very good runs. Yeah. Very good runs. Yeah. Like the Odegaard combination with Oyarzabal when they were together. That, yeah. was, that was one of the best duos, young duos in La Liga at the time. Yeah. What, was okay. it that second goal? for Spain that was just absolutely beautiful. Um, you know what? I shouldn't even go into it because I can't remember the actual chron- chronology of it, but um, that game was so fun to watch. I mean, both of these Nations League semifinals have been absolutely amazing to watch. And uh, um, there you go. It's, 15 it's... minutes into the final. So, <laughs> so like it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's been really good to watch. And another, like today, like, yeah. I saw a player that I have to mention again here, like Charles the Ketzler. You <laughs> love, we mention him a lot here. And he deserves it because he scored against Donnarumma between the legs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? That was pretty I nice. Did. He I... come off the bench. Okay. Came off the bench, Charles the Ketzler. And he scored between the legs to Donnarumma. Right. So, first goal for Belgium. Okay. Pretty special in my opinion. And he played really well overall. I saw that match and... He was really good against Italy. Hey, maybe so, that maybe that Belgian golden generation is uh, rebooting. It's uh, getting back it up is. there. You never know. And it's with underrated talents too. Like Seriously. for me, Doku and Charles de Kettler are underrated compared to if we compare them to Sancho and Foden. People yeah. don't talk about them too much. So, well, speaking of um, not talking about somebody too much, uh, this this came across here in the United States. And I, I have to bring it up because it's so mind blowing to me. Um, Axel Kai, you don't know who he is. He's, he's in the Real Salt Lake Academy, the Academy that's given us Sebastian Soto, who a lot of people probably don't know. Um, given us Richie Ledesma, who's coming back from injury at PSV. Um, but okay. He made history by becoming the youngest ever to play a professional game, um, in the United States. And uh, you ready for his age? 13 years, nine months, nine days old. What? Yeah. 13. And and I'm not. No, 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 no. He looks Lukaku's size when Lukaku was 13, maybe a little smaller, a lot more mobile too. Um, But uh, apparently from, from talking to a couple people that know firsthand and have seen him come up, he's, he is the real deal. He's a, He's certainly somebody um, that we're now going to be watching because I, I am just mind. Oh, you're hyped! I am. Oh, you're hyped! I can see it in your voice. Oh, you're hyped! You're very hyped. The thing I'm more worried about is that the uh, this is a kid that's 13, right? Almost 14. Obviously, doesn't look it. Uh, Nobody was really firing up Twitter back when Lukaku was, you know, like six foot 14. That's not a. I understand that that's not an actual height. you know, but nobody was firing up Twitter back then. But we we remember the Yusufa Mukoko. Oh, there's no way he's this age. There's no way. He's, well, this kid's going to get a massive, you know, inundation of messages of all this saying, oh, I want to so, see his birth certificate. So before we got to pump the brakes on him for sure. But definitely got to mention the milestone because 13 years old, stepping on a professional field. That's ridiculous. That is just an 
it's ridiculous in a couple ways, positive and negative, but we don't need to go any further than that. Um, that is ridiculous. Like 13? Yeah. Like that is ridiculous. So I ha I just want to finalize like my last mention here in the European highlights. Yeah. And that is Armand Borja. Okay. Sure. Al Albanian wonder kid. Okay. I have here, he's got three games, three goals, one assist in 91 minutes. Okay. Yeah. That is pretty insane okay and this is another talent that chelsea might get a really good profit on yep okay mm -hmm. so wonderful to see and yeah watch him guys watch uh, him because these a little are good bit, stats a little bit odd that he can't really find the field much for southampton but yet he has kept albania's world cup hopes very mm -hmm. very much alive they're in second place right now they have a very hard mm -hmm. schedule moving forward but hungry who obviously kind of captivated some of us in, in their They're play, and especially their Euro qualifying campaign. Um, he is the boogeyman uh, to Hungary. Uh, the, the game that happened a month ago against Hungary, he scored the game winner, late game winner, right? Mm -hmm. This game, one zip, again, one nil, whatever you want to call it, he scored the game winner. So uh, Hungary is not very happy with Armando Broja, but uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Got to watch him. And I'm sorry, I didn't get the memo that this was only European. Uh, that I had to mention that U.S. one. Sorry, and I gotta, sorry, sorry, sorry. I got to stay in the U.S. and this will be my last one. Okay. You have to get on the train. Okay? It's the Ricardo Pepe train. All right? Of trend. Preach! I like I mean, that. He is, okay, 18 years old. He had another two goals uh, for the U.S. In, in a win over Jamaica that now puts them at the top of the World Cup qualifying. Uh, the They call it the octagonal here, uh, eight teams. Um, but he's got 16 goals and 24 starts for club and country this year. And I mean, this emergence and ascendancy is actually so much bigger than just him scoring goals. And it's really nice to find a nine, right? Josie Altador was like the closest thing we ever had to a really solid number nine. And he, he was a phenomenal player. Injuries hurt him, whatever. Mm -hmm. But his emergency, his, his emergency, his emergence is big because as a Mexican American, Okay. Mm -hmm. As a, you know, a Latino player, right. In the U S setup, obviously U S shares a very long border and a very long history with Mexico. We just lost two very good prospects, David Ochoa at goalkeeper and right back. Um, Julian uh, Araujo, no? Yes. Yeah. And they both yeah, went to Mexico and could. kudos to them because I, I, as long as they never do well against the U S men's national team, I would have done nothing <laughs> but the best, but Ricardo Pepe uh, being the face, scoring goals, and, mm -hmm. and being the guy that can hopefully usher in where we have more Mexican-American players. I don't care if it's Colombian-American. I don't care if it's, you know, all over the place. His, this, this is a very big deal, and I, I hope it continues. Um, but, man, he's playing like a kid that is up for everything, up for everything. And I, I, it was so cool to see, and I hope it continues versus Panama tonight. <laughs> There you go. There you go. That trio, I like it. Yeah. Ricardo Pepe, Giorena, Pulisic. Oof. This is a pretty nice trio in years to come. Okay? Oh my God, I can add more so, to that. So, there yeah. you go. So, there you go. Uh, next topic. This. So, because there was a, such a huge success last pod, and we said that we were going to mention some comments, okay, with suggestions of start, bench, sell. Okay, we just got to do it, right, Bretton? Yeah, we have to. So... Who are the who's the first three that we're gonna we're gonna have start bench and sell? All right, this one comes from Noah Leduc. 
Uh, sorry okay. if I butchered your last name. We're very good at that here uh, at FC Wonder Kid. Uh, but he gave us possibly the most impossible one to do. Um, he gave us Pedri, Eduardo Camavinga, and Jude Bellingham. Mm. Mm. I'm gonna... So it relates to the Copa Trophy one, and that is a crazy ta- like start bench cell to start with. So I, I want it. You want me to start here? Yeah, yeah. I was throwing you in the fire. So, if we're going to ask in terms of ability right now, it's Pedri starting. But I don't want to go there. I want to go with personally who I would start. Okay. And I would start Jude Bellingham. Okay? Because for me, Jude Bellingham is a more mature player than Kamavinga and more mature player than Pedri. Right now. Okay? Okay? I'm saying it. At Birmingham, okay, Bellingham was being the top man in midfield. Okay? And the truth is... Pep Guardiola says that I can't believe this kid is 17. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it, this kid is 17. So if a coach like that is saying that and with the ability he has mm-hmm. going against the city midfield, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going with Jude Bellingham to start. Uh, oh. Pedri, bench, okay. It's it's Pedri bench. It's I know it doesn't sound well, but because Bellingham starts, I got to put Pedri on the bench. Yeah. And I'm going to... Yeah, my Sorry. ears are offended. My ears are absolutely <laughs> offended. But yes. And I'm gonna sell Kamavinga. Uh, I don't wanna I don't wanna like Kamavinga is a great player, okay? okay? But truth is like Bellingham and Pedri have proven more at the world's biggest stage than Kamavinga. But I hope to see Kamavinga balling in the future. Yeah. And okay, he's a piece in the rebuild, okay, of Real Madrid. He won't be leaving Real Madrid for sure in the next three years. Okay, yeah. he's he's gonna stay there. And he's going to stay there in a Mbappe rebuild. Yeah. Okay. So Kamavinga is a fantastic Galactico next to Valverde. Okay. That's fair so enough. I mean, it was a, it was a hard one to do. So you went you went with your you went with your heart. I I don't know, but I got to throw this out here because this is why mm-hmm. I started Pedri. I do believe that they, Pedri and Jude Bellingham are actually closer than most mm-hmm. people think, but. I also started thinking about it and I'm like, do I over, not overrate, because I don't think Jude is overrated, but do mm-hmm. I put more emphasis on Jude Bellingham because he speaks English, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I haven't been able to delve in to the world of Pedri, right? He's also led Las Palmas before, mm-hmm. you know, it was uh, fashionable to do so. No, I'm just kidding. But he led Las Palmas and came to Barcelona and became indispensable kind of like Jude at mm-hmm. Dortmund, right? From Birmingham. Um, and to do it amidst a massively turbulent time at Barcelona, um, and then to also do it as a semi semifinalist, right? Mm-hmm. Came, um, in the Euros, I I was I had Jude as starting, and then I switched, and I, I got Pedri as starting, benched Jude, okay. and uh, we're in agreement that Camavingo's got to go. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> he's... he's World class player. I don't know. These are these are terrible. So thanks, Noah. Um, the next that was one, a pretty good one. That was this, a good that one. we only have time for one more, Bretton. Oh, so. okay. So yeah, keep sending us these because what we'll do is we'll try and do a couple maybe every episode because they're mm-hmm. fun. Um, okay. Do you want to go uh, English or do okay. you want to go like winger forward? Uh, non English. Okay, Let's we're go going English. English. Okay. Jack Grealish, 
Mason Mount Phil Foden from Jack <laughs> Yair on YouTube. That is a pretty difficult trio to pick with. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start here. And I don't want to say I rate these three extremely high. Okay. Yeah. Grealish, Mount, and Foden. But I am going to start Foden. And the reason why I start Foden is because who listen to this podcast knows I am faithful on him. Because mm -hmm. in 10 to 15 years time, I feel like anyone that's putting their words on Foden, you're going to be happy. Okay, yeah. that because I really believe he's going to be in the same sentences as Lampard, okay, as Gerard, okay, as Rooney, all those players. I feel like Foden is the one that'll be close to them. Okay, okay. I'm not saying Grealish. Maybe if England was in European competitions in the next eight years, it might mm -hmm. happen. But I'd put. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna start Foden and two because he, he was the first one to have double digits. Okay, for Man City mm. last season. That's the stat that I love to mention and has to be mentioned. And I feel like he's gonna be the the icon of Guardiola's legacy at Man City. Phil Foden, just like Kimmich is at, is at Guardiola's legacy at Bayern. Foden is gonna be Guardiola's legacy at Man City. Yeah. I'm gonna bench Grealish. Okay, because okay. Grealish has the swagger. He's got it all. You can put him on the wing. You can put him on in a, in a camp position. Yeah. Very nice player to have, and he can make a difference. And right now, like, it's debatable. I feel like he's the best player of the three right now. But I wow. pick Foden because it's just that intangibles that I love. Sure. And unfortunately, I sell Mason Mount, okay? Uh, I wanted to say this. He's the one that has the best work rate out of the three. Mount is the player that would make mo more of a difference, but I don't feel like he'd be, he's the better player. I feel like a manager would start him maybe ahead of Grealish, but because of that work rate, but in terms of right now for a team like Man City, you pick Grealish ahead. So yeah, that was very odd. hard. It's a bit that odd to have crazy. a, have to sell a Ballon d'Or nominee, right? At the age of 22 years old. Um, Oh, oh that's that, that was very hard like, and it's <laughs> oh, that was very hard well, I love Mount I love yeah, Mount Yeah and 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 I'm in the same I'm in the same boat here uh and in fact I have the exact same picks maybe for mildly different reasons um mm -hmm. but this came I don't know if the Jack's um comment came before the game versus Andorra and I do understand mm -hmm. it was Andorra but I'm starting Foden just from a recency effect type of situation he was the best mm -hmm. player on the pitch versus Andorra, um, mm. with Mount, with Grealish in the same match day squad. He was mm -hmm. starting Grealish and Mount. I think they came on, right? Fair point. They came on later. Fair point. So, you know, uh, what? who am I to go against Southgate? Who am I to go against uh, 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 Pep? But I do have to say, I really would like Pep's um, Manchester City uh, youth-building career mm -hmm. to not just come down to Foden. I would love to see him develop at least one other or two others, but I don't know. We could talk about that till we're blue in the face, literally like Manchester <laughs> City blue in the face at a later date. Um, but Foden, for sure, he's a game changer. I mean, all these guys are game changers in some respect. Mm -hmm. Jack Grealish, I think, I don't think he's even settled in at City yet, frankly. No. I, I really don't think he's fully settled in, and, and I don't think Agreed. he should be just yet. It's not an easy system to just be inserted into. Ask Bernardo Silver, right? First yeah, ask... Ask Bernardo Silva, ask any one of these guys that has come in. You don't, you know, get in right away. 
but he's an impressive at picking uh, picking out a pass. I mean, he just snakes through defenders most of the time. A lot of these guys do. Foden does particularly as well. Um, the funny thing is, the statistic I'm going to drop here is last year for Villa. I mean, those fouls suffered numbers. The guy takes a beating every game, right? Yeah. He had 110 fouls suffered last season. The next, the next best, whatever that means, was like around 80. You know, he's 25%. Like, so if you divide that by how many games, 38 games, it's like he's getting butchered three times a game at least. Right. You know, some of them are probably soft and floppy, but whatever. And then Sal, Man- Sal Mount, um, it feels really weird saying that, just like it was yeah. with Kavinga. I love Mount. I just think from an edge perspective, from a um, – uh, no, I think that's right. Game-changing, difference-maker perspective, Grealish and Foden might have the edge. Like, it, it, it's not too bold to say maybe we're going to be talking Mount Foden like we talk Lampard Gerrard in the future. Mm-hmm. That'd be really nice, think, right? Uh, like, English and it's not too yeah. bold to say. And Belling, Bellingham coming, like, it's, I don't know, like, Ellis. English fans, like, you, yeah, the, the, the academies are there, okay? Yeah. You're, you're bringing in the best talents to play against the best, uh, the, the best English players. You're going to improve them all. So, hey, maybe in- I remember... Maybe in sorry, 2026, sorry. we'll have Newcastle's first product. <laughs> Could be the case. You got the Longstaff brothers, okay? You got That's the start. That's the start, investing in those two. So <laughs> I don't think it'll be them, but um, probably somebody that's coming up in the ranks. That uh, yeah, I really hope that that academy starts to flourish again. I do. Yeah, there you go. So if there's any start bench cell guys that you really want to hear in the next pod, okay? Put in the comment section down below because we're gonna look at them and yeah, if it's a really hard one, we're gonna put we're gonna put it on. So episode twenty-five here, guys. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It's a huge help for you to like this video, okay? Like it it really helps us to grow. And if you could subscribe, if you don't, that'd be awesome too. And yeah, there you go. Any last words, Bretton? No, but it's it's fun doing this, and uh, even if you don't like us, uh, like like the post, you know, because then you, <laughs> then, then you can enjoy not liking us for, for longer. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> Why would they like it? Oh, but that's a good way to end it up. So, episode twenty-five, guys. Hope you and you guys enjoyed it, and that's it. So long. <laughs>